98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. On, uh, we've got the latest on the Antonio Hamilton injury, the extent of it, what happened. You can go to the ArizonaSports.com webpage, ArizonaSports.com. The article is up on uh, exactly what happened with Antonio Hamilton. Uh, we're reporting the news on that. You know, before we get into the edge rushers, Mitch said that Greg Dorch had some interesting things to say. Um, and, and I want to play some of these cuts because, you know, for a kid like this, you know, to make the roster, to be on the team, I think it's a pretty big deal. So here's Greg Dorch first talking about making the 53-man roster. It feels great. Uh, God is good. This is probably the hardest I've worked this offseason. Um, so for it to all pay off, um, it feels really good. All right, that's pretty cool. And how about this? What's he going to do to celebrate making the team? Uh, I wish I had my family here. My mom and my dad was really excited yesterday. Um, I don't have any family up here, but um, I guess it. I guess it hasn't hit me yet. Um, it'll probably hit me Kansas City. All right. So there, and and one more on how today was the day he felt good about making the roster. Uh, it wasn't necessarily yesterday. It was today because I know guys can get claimed off waivers. Um, my rookie year when I, I actually made the fifty three roster with the Jets, but the next day they claimed the guy and uh, put me on P squad. So today was really the day I'm like, oh, are they going to sign somebody and you know what I'm saying do that to me again? So um, now that it's all set in stone, I feel really good. I just wanted to play those cuts. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, that's. Greg Dorch making the roster, worried about it because he made it with the Jets and then they claimed somebody and they put him on the practice squad. So for a guy like that to make the roster, he worked his ass off. He had a great preseason. Obviously, him and Andy Isabella both. So for him to make, you can just see how excited he is to make that roster. I mean, when the living embodiment, when you tell kids that if you believe in, in your dreams and you work hard and you are adamant, listen, it doesn't always work out, but there, there are examples that when you are persistent, that, that, that dreams do come true. I mean, the Jets, the Panthers, the Rams, the Falcons. Finally, uh, Dorch gets a spot uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, and here he is uh, in the National Football League. I wanted to play shortstop for the Yankees. That dream never happened. Well, see, it doesn't... Not all all dreams happen. It doesn't always work out. I thought I could be the middleweight champion of the world. That never happened. Well, you you probably didn't practice hard enough. I mean, probably didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Or sometimes we get hit really hard. It hurts. Like, you know what? Might not be for me anymore. I mean, by the way, if Bucky Dent could have played shortstop for the Yankees, yes. I'm going to guess that you probably could have as well a shot. back in that era. I played one game at Yankee Stadium with the uh, Stan Musial All-Star team. Me and my buddy Greg said I played one game, the old Yankee Stadium. Get out. Oh, I'll show you the photo. Yeah, I'll show you the photo. One game. I tried so hard. I, could, I tried so hard. to. I couldn't even get the ball on a warning track. I could, I'm batting practice. It's but then fun. we played one game. We played an All-Star game at Yankee Stadium. It was so cool. It was so cool. There is nothing. I, I, would, I would encourage anybody who's ever had the opportunity to go uh, take BP at a major league stadium. There's nothing oh. more humbly. What's well, awesome? Then when but, you try to hit it out, you, when you barely try to, get it out of the try yeah. to hit it out, or you feel you, you hit the crap out of one. Yeah, and it and doesn't it, really go anywhere, and it, and it goes just beyond mm. like the infield yeah. dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you, you fancy yourself a pretty good athlete. What's before in high school? warning? What's before warning track power? <laughs> right. What is that? Like you might be able yeah. to get one to the middle of the outfield. Yeah. Like, oh, no, that's what it was like. It yes, was, it's uh, quite humbling. <laughs> the Arizona the Arizona Cardinals. Mike Jarecki mentioned this. Couple of veteran defensive players still available. Indomitian Sue, Jason Pierre, Paul. Those are two veteran defensive players that are still available. The Cardinals at some point, 
I know they had a little bit of interest in Indomitian Sioux based on you know based on the price. So I know they were they were not against Sue, but I I, I you know I, I don't know if they would be interested in him now. Jason Pierre Paul, two older veteran players that could still be available. Should they go get one of these guys? I wonder if Steve Keim wants to see what he has on the field first before he pulls the trigger on something like that. Assuming these guys would still be available. I mean, you're rolling the dice a little bit. I was told in June if he was cheap, they'd be interested. If he was Indomitian Sioux, if he was cheap, but some of these guys, it's a pride thing. They don't want to come in and play for the veterans minimum when they've made all that money. But But, I was told that, you know, and the thing about Sioux is like he's always healthy. The one thing you like about him, the guy doesn't miss any freaking games. The guy's always healthy. The longer they're on the market, the cheaper they become. For one thing, I look. I look at. I look at the success Steve had, especially when it comes to edge rushers. You know, the John Abraham signing and the Dwight Freeney signings worked out really, really well for the Arizona Cardinals. And those were two guys long in the tooth, but came in here and were long on production. And Freeney, I believe, one year came in. I think pretty well into the season. So you look at history. And these and they've vet- had success. These veteran guys, Abraham, Freeney, you're right. Those guys had these success. veteran guys who people may have thought not all did. What S- I, Suggs didn't. Suggs didn't. But you know, how much of that was because Suggs didn't want to? I think all of it was because he didn't want to. That right? was just one last paycheck. That was a, that was a, that was a let me. That was a cash grab that it seemed like it, to didn't the Cardinals it? that maybe they didn't see coming on it, his part. It seemed like a cash grab when it was all said and done. They ended up trading them, but it it seemed like that because he didn't really give them anything. Who knows? Maybe a Pierre Paul or a guy like a Trey Flowers would be a cash grab too. I guess you have no way of knowing what's in a man's heart until he's he's out there on Sundays. But I guess what I'm saying is there there has been there's has been history where you get an older guy, you know, off the street who's had success earlier in his career or a long career of having success that is able to deliver for you for a single season. Right. And maybe maybe when Steve gets a look at what he's got through a week or two, all of a sudden he's picking up the phone and saying, okay, we need some help. Two years ago, Jason Pierre-Paul had nine and a half sacks. Last year in 12 games, he had two and a half. He's got 91 in his career. His best days were obviously with the Giants. Early 2000s, he had some success. And obviously the incident with his hand and the fireworks. Uh, but he's been a productive player. And it would give you a, you wouldn't have to pay a lot for these guys now, I don't believe. But it would give you some experience and a little bit of depth. Now, they're young. They are absolutely young. When you start to look at you know Cameron Thomas and Majai Sanders and Victor Demukeji and the players that they have, they're pretty young with their pass rushes. Maybe they'll take advantage of that. Even guys like Zach Allen, only been in the league for a few years. Would it be wise to have a veteran some of these guys can learn from? Maybe. I, I still think a key for them is Marcus Gold and him coming back. But I they're, think it's, They're not pretty young. They're very they're young. very young. They're very, very young. Very, very young. Yeah, that's something they've got to think about. Herm Edwards and the Devils taking on NAU tonight. Herm was on the Bickley and Murata show yesterday. We'll tell you some of the things he had to say next right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Right, Antonio Hamilton actually tweeted out a photo about a half an hour ago of his Burns. 
had the greatest camp of my career, and last Monday I had an accident that could have ended up deadly for me and my family, but instead I got the short end of it by having my feet severely burned. It was literally a freak accident, and God spared me only to have these injuries. So he tweeted out, now that the information's out, and what we're reporting is that he was at the Valleywise Medical Center. He burned his feet. I had an arm, too, I believe. I don't see a photo of his arm there. Uh, but there is a photo that he tweeted out, uh, second-degree burns on his feet, which backs up the reporting I had that he burned himself in the kitchen, hot oil, his feet, his arm. Um, so the, that photo there uh, will back up the reporting that we had earlier today you can when, see the when photo. we had that. You can see the photo, yeah. It's, um, it's not... It's not graphic, but he did some damage to his skin. There's no question about it. And listen, it happened 10 days ago. They're still 10 days before their first game. So that's 20 days that he'll be out. And then he's out for the first four games. So this essentially is going to keep him out of football for over 40 days. So that tells you a little bit yeah. about the severity mm. of the burns. Yes. Here. And it's so unfortunate for Antonio Hamilton, the person and the player, and obviously for the Cardinals football team, especially at that position group. Yeah, graphic. Uh, it, it, it doesn't look terrible to me. It doesn't. But, but some people may, and that's why we put like graphic. It's hard to tell, but they, yeah, what I'm reporting is he did have to go to Valley Wise Medical Center. He was treated for burns on his feet and arm. It was a, a cooking incident, accident with hot oil in the kitchen. And uh, so we, uh, I just retweeted that. So he yeah. did send out a photo just a short time ago uh, after our reporting of what happened. Yeah. He sent out a photo saying, okay, here's, here's what happened to me. All right, let's get, let's get into this, uh, this Herm Edwards who was on with Bickley and Marotta, the head coach of ASU, and uh, he said the players are ready for the NAU team. Emotionally, they're ready uh, to play. They're excited about the opportunity to play. Forty-seven uh, percent of these guys are all new, and so uh, it'll be interesting when we get uh, on the grass and the lights come on. How we react to all that. Yeah, so they'll take on NAU tonight. That game will be on the Pac-12 Network. If you don't have it, get Contour TV from Cox. You'll be able to watch it. Or you can listen to it on the radio because we'll have all the action right here. Here's Herm Edwards previewing the matchup with NAU. They're a team that defensively, they take the ball away a lot. Uh, they had 28 uh, takeaways last year, and, and they convert on those with points. Um, they're steady on offense. Got a quarterback now that, they're, that they feel he's the guy. They've got some, some, some council wide receivers that are coming back, and they got a big running back. He's a, he's a really good player. And so they, they've got a good football team, and they'll, they'll be excited about playing us. There's no doubt about it. And um, our guys have to be excited as well. I mean, you know, I, I told our team this. This team collectively has not won a game together. They have not won a game together. Guys before obviously have, but guys on this team, the circle that's walking into that stadium, we have not won a game together. Pretty much every college coach can tell his team that right now. So we haven't won a game together as a group? Yes. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, listen, there's a lot of people that don't really feel that this team is going to do very well. They think they're going to lose a lot of football games. Some people picked them maybe last in the Pac-12. So I would imagine they've got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They watched a lot of guys walk through that door, right? A lot of their key players. Yep. You know, Pearsall and Gentry and Jaden Daniels and a lot of the chip train them, a lot of key players. They left. They decided, hey, when the going gets tough, I'm getting out of here. Now, maybe they had better opportunities. Most of them looks like they did. They ended up a good program. 
programs. Maybe yeah, they got they NIL do. deals and they got money that yeah, they could have got when they was here. I don't fault anybody for that. That's the opportunities that presented himself, and they, they took advantage of that. You look at Remy Martin. He left ASU. He went to Kansas. What happened to him last year? Won a national championship yep. with the Kansas Jayhawks. National championship. Jane Daniels at LSU. Like he's, LSU. Like, you know. He's going to start. We're going to yeah. watch him this weekend. Yeah. I mean, Eric Gentry's at USC. Like, this, these guys left to go to some good programs. So, you know, I don't really blame those guys. I mean, the situation that ASU put itself in may have helped push those guys out the door a little bit or allowed them to look. And But the guys that are here... Like, for them, like, this is an opportunity. You're playing college football. This was your dream when you were a kid. You get a chance to do it. And a lot of people don't really believe that this team could do anything. So it's up to them to prove everybody wrong. I've seen projections as bad by national publications, as bad as three and nine for ASU. It would have to be, knowing that you have two non-conference games that you're probably going to win against Eastern Michigan and NAU, to, to, to have one conference win um, likely would be, certainly would be a, a disaster uh, of a season. But 43 new players, after watching 18 transfers walk out the door, you got five new assistant coaches, you got two new coordinators. And Herm Edwards, you know, even you listen to him there, Gambo, he, he, boy, he just, he sounds... He, he doesn't sound like the same Herm that walks no, through the that, door. No, that pep in his step is gone. It, yeah. it, it, it really is. But he's probably been beaten down by this. I, don't, I mean, it got common, right? I mean, he's course. been beaten down by allegations and investigations and coaches having to leave. And I mean, they had the whole succession plan in place. He was going to retire and Antonio Pierce was going to take over. And this they had this model and it didn't, and they like, were, it didn't they work. Were, they it were, did, were but, recruiting and, every, and, and every, the program was trending up. And listen, we know Arizona State fans. We, we hear them on Twitter well, all the time. You hear them in the public. You hear them out and about. They are, they are a positive bunch. They always want to believe that this is the year. And even this fan base right now is a bit deflated. And that might be an understatement. They, 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 they know the end is near for Herm. They're dreading what's going to turn up with this investigation in terms of what the penalties are going to be. And they want to just move on, yeah. get on to the next coach, whoever it may be, and start rebuilding this thing, which puts this season in a really precarious position. It's almost like a, it's uh, like a lame duck season almost. Yeah, like we, yeah. we know we're not going to be very good. Maybe we can win seven games on a, on a high end. Could be six, could be five, could be four if it's really a disaster. And it's, it's a really tough place for the fan base to be in right now following the program. Really right. tough spot. Right. And ASU is going to end up just fine. They will. I mean, this investigation will will end and if there's punishment, there'll be punishment and then they'll they'll move on and very likely they'll have, they'll be able to hire a coach. They'll be able to get kids to come here. They'll get transfer portal. They'll get back to recruiting better. Um, but I think you just, it was hard for me for them to move on while this investigation was still going on because I think the job wasn't as attractive. Whether Herm retires or they just decide to let him go, Whatever it may be, ASU in the end will be fine. They'll get a quality coach in here. Maybe it's a young up and comer again. You know that that will look at an opportunity to coach. You know in this conference right now and coach ASU with a lot of talent here and the ability to go to California and recruit. I mean, look, nobody thought Jed Fish was going to do anything, and look what he's done at U of A. Like he's got that program like trending in the right direction. I right, one more from Herm Edwards. Here's him talking about his quarterback, Emory Jones. Uh, very powerful arm. Um, he can he can throw the ball anywhere on the field, uh, and, and he has uh, he has a skill set uh, to make the unannounced play with his feet. 
And so it, it's just it's just for him it's getting getting comfortable, obviously in the offense, but also with all the receivers and the tight end core that he has. You know, he wasn't here in the spring. He came here late. He was in the summer. And with that being said, he really, really um, showed the team what kind of leader and, and the leadership he provided in the fact that um, he's one of the team captains. Yeah, he's the team captain. And that was, we asked Emory Jones about that when we had him on the program a couple weeks ago. We talked about that with him being a team captain. But this is a kid that, look, they had five quarterbacks battling for the starting spot. He ended up winning that starting spot. He had some good numbers at, at uh, Florida passing and touchdowns, but he had the 13 interceptions, which was an issue. I mean, he can run. He could throw. He's just got to cut down on those turnovers. If he does that, they, they might have something special here. I mean, it's a, it's, they got a quarterback that played at the Swamp in Florida. Like, he was the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators in the SEC. Obviously, the kid can play a little bit. He was a four-star recruit. He was. And, uh, you know, Gambo, I did a I did a little deep dive on that. I talked to someone who's very close to the Florida program down there. I talked a little bit about what I found out earlier in the show. And I'm just going to read the, uh, the the text I got from, from and this person, again, very, very close to the Florida program. Uh, here's what he had to say, word for word, about Emory Jones. And I'll just read it to you. I never lived up to the expectations that come with being a highly recre- uh, rated recruit. He was good but wasn't great, which is what you need to be in Florida. Never could get over the hump uh, and came up or made a mistake at the worst time. Super kid with great character and attitude. Uh, also a, a very good quarterback. Almost beat Alabama last year, but wasn't consistent enough. Despite all that, Florida fans loved and respected him as a person. Just came in with a lot of hype and couldn't ultimately deliver. There you go. There you go. The Diamondbacks finished up a very, very good month of August. They finished it up on a bad note last night. But one player is climbing up the ranks in an important statistical category. We'll talk about that next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. First pitch, swung on, grounded right into the shift. And Maton has it, throws to first in time. Ball game is over. Phillies win it by a final score of 18 to 2. All right, D-backs uh, got clobbered last night. There's not a lot to talk about with that game. But what we can talk about with the Diamondbacks is simply the month that they have. The Arizona Diamondbacks had a really solid month of August. They went overall 16 and 12. That is their best month. Get this. Their best month since September 2019 when they were 15 and 11. So that's the best month for the Diamondbacks since September 2019. 16 wins, 12 losses, and that was a, like a good month. They brought a lot of excitement back. They they brought up Stone Garrett. They brought up Corbin Carroll. We got a chance to see Tommy Henry a whole bunch. Like a lot of things started to click for the Diamondbacks in the month of August. And again, you'll think back to that month and uh, you know Stone Garrett getting an opportunity after Seth Beer failed for the fourth or fifth time, and then Corbin Carroll getting that call up and getting an opportunity to play. We saw the emergence of Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas. I mean, it it started to really show out. Now, there were some bullpen issues, and obviously Madison Bumgarner not being able to get anybody out, but 16 wins and 12 losses, and of course the streak, the Zach Allen streak, in which he has not allowed an earned run for like, what is it, 34? 
four and a 30, third innings, I think it is, right? The streak still lives. Yep. We'll see him on the mound on Sunday against the Brewers. It's kind of it's amazing that a, a month, four games over 500 is their best month of baseball in three years, but neither here nor there. We were talking yesterday about could this team finish over 500 or at 500. I mean, they would have to finish nine games over 500 in the month of September to do that. So knowing that they just came off their best month in three years might be tough to finish. They have, they have 33 games left. I'll just give you the numbers. They have 33 games left in September, the rest of the season. They would have to finish, to finish with 82 wins, they would have to finish 21 and 12. And keep in mind, the schedule is not friendly. 24 of these final 33 are against the Dodgers, the Padres, the Brewers. And the Houston Astros are stuck in there, too, as well. Thanks a lot, schedule maker. So uh, that is a tough road to hoe for any team, uh, let alone a young team uh, like the D-backs. So that'll be tough. But, Gambo, to your point, bringing back excitement to the ball club and the ballpark in late August, probably just what the doctor ordered for the organization, especially, yeah. especially as football season begins. I mean, I've heard more people talk about the D-backs in the last week than probably... In the last couple of years, honestly. Well, you know, you might, that, I mean, you might be Carroll, right. You might lot, be right. A lot, re- a big reason for that. But th- that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. You know, me and my uh, my kid had baseball practice the other day, and um, plays for Cody Ransom's team, former D back, sure, on one national. And so we're out there, and uh, me and my buddy Nick, and it was 114 degrees outside. Let's just let's just go get a couple slices and a drink and just uh, kill it out. So we're sitting there. The only spots were at the bar, and I'm like, I'll have a club soda with lime. And 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 the Diamondback games on. The guy next to us is talking Diamondbacks, and was just talking, like talking about the game. I was at the pools game when he hit home runs. Yeah, well, I was too. So, so we just like got into this conversation, and I I just really enjoyed it. You know, we always talk about like you know like being around the bar and talking about. That's the first time I've had that in a long time. That's, that's the first time I had that in a long time. Where that's I'm sitting what I'm at the bar, about. and the guys next to me are watching the D-back game, and they're talking about how they were at the game, and they, you know, watching the team play. And we were talking about like when when Corbin Carroll flexed a little bit because they were saying that oh, I don't know if they should be doing that. So we just had a conversation about that. So literally, two two guys I didn't even know him. So me and my buddy Nick, two other guys, just talking Diamondback baseball. Never met each other. Never saw each other. May never see each other again. But literally for about twenty minutes, just sat there. There, eating a couple slices of pizza and and talking Diamondbacks with strangers, with strangers, right? And that's just what the doctor ordered for the organization, and that's what happens when you have young, exciting players that you infuse into the organization, and that's what I was talking about last night. It turned out it didn't really matter because they got clobbered, but you, you, you sit you sit Carroll because of the metrics, and it's like no, people are excited. They no, want to watch Corbin Carroll play, but they don't want it. You know, they want to try to avoid the zero for four and the you know getting down. Like so, there was uh, the metrics sat both Thomas and Carroll last night. The metrics they didn't uh, think that the analytics didn't show it. I know hey. when Tory's got a job to do. I'm just giving I'm giving alternate facts. I'm giving yeah, I'm giving. No. Other, I know the opinion that there's, like, a, there's, a, there's I, I know what you're saying. But read the room. People Carol are, didn't are play. Fired up. I, Carol didn't play last year. He's gonna listen. He's gonna sit more. I hate to tell you, he's gonna sit more. Okay, he didn't play last year. He's had a long season this year that's just been extended a little bit longer. So, right, like, but he's were, going to sit a little bit. Gamble, he's not gonna play they, every day. They were on a winning streak. And what, what does uh, Kevin Costner st- say in that that movie? 
Never Blake with a winning streak. They were on a winning streak. People were talking. People I get were it. excited I get it. about it. I get it. I get it. Give him a day off mm-hmm. at a different time. You know, it's not like he, he faced the lefty in his first game. Yes. Put him out there against the lefty again. Here's Take him uh, the other way. Derek Hall was on with, um, who's he, who's he joined on the show? He, he joins Bickley and Murata every Bickley Thursday. Murata. Yeah. I, so I actually heard Derek Hall with Bickley and Murata and, and he talked about this fan excitement. They're really excited. And I'm not just, I'm not just saying that. I mean, down in the seats to have the number of fans come up and, you know, say, gosh, I love this team. You know, don't move any of these players. Keep them coming. And, you know, when are the pitchers coming? It, it's so great. And, and that's who we need to be. That's who we are. And just like when we're down 7 to nothing in that first game and we come back and we win that game, the, the excitement in the stands, we haven't felt that in a while. And for fans to come up and they're high-fiving and they're hugging us, and it, it was it was cool, Bick. And, and there's just this feeling, even last night, you know, you're, you're down right away. But I had more fans walking by going, we're in this. These kids could do this. And, of course, we didn't. You know, last night was a completely different game. But we haven't had that in a while. Yeah, and so and he's right. They haven't had that in a while. Now, I want to talk about one player, and it's not any of the young kids. Christian Walker, who I think going into this season, the Diamondbacks really weren't sure what they had. 31-year-old first baseman that had never really played that well. I mean, last year, last year, batted 244 with 10 home runs. 244 with 10 home runs in 400 at-bats. Christian Walker right now has 30 home runs, 73 RBIs. He's actually got his batting average up to 233. He's on pace to hit 38 home runs. Now, if you look, let's just hold that for a second. He's on pace to hit 38 home runs. If he does that, he's going to pass. Right now, he's at 30. He's going to pass Justin Upton, Yasmani Tomas, Luis Gonzalez, Chris Young, Mark Reynolds, Cattell Marte, Reggie Sanders, Paul Goldschmidt, Paul Goldschmidt, Matt Williams, Steve Finley, Eduardo Escobar, Paul Goldschmidt, Paul Goldschmidt, Troy Gloss, and Ty J. Bell for third all time. So if he gets to 38 home runs, that's all the guys he's going to pass. Right now he's 18th. But he could get to third with 38 homers. If he just gets his projection, Luis Gonzalez has the club record with 57. Mark Reynolds with 44. Jay Bell with 38. If he does his projected of 38, he's third all time. That's a better than you said it earlier, right? Paul Goldschmidt never hit 38 home runs with the D-backs. Right now, Goldschmidt's body of work obviously is better because Goldschmidt's on this list several times for his season. Goldschmidt, 36 and 2017, 36 and 2013, 33 and 2018, 33 and 2015. Yeah, that guy was pretty good. I, yeah, he was pretty good. I feel I would feel better about Christian Walker long term if he wasn't 30 years of age. But in terms of this season in a vacuum, it's been a heck of a year. And he's got a lot to be proud of. And if he can hit 38 and end up tying Jay Bell for the third most ever in a single season behind, of course, nobody's ever catching Gonzo. (laughs) No way anybody's ever hitting 58 again. You don't think so? No chance. I mean, unless they sign Aaron Judge. Oh, yeah. Hey, Derek Hall, can you sign Aaron Judge, please? Yeah, it's only going to cost a billion (laughs) dollars to sign Aaron Judge. 
He's like he's past Roger Maris. They're on the pace. Like he's killing it. Like, um, and he has not signed with the Yankees. I don't think the Yankees are going to let him go. But he has not. Like he's That's turned I mean. down a big contract. And, he could be available. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, can you Mark, imagine that? You, right. Imagine the D backs got into the Aaron Judge sweepstakes. <laughs> you know what? We just decided what the hell. We'll pay that guy fifty million a year. <laughs> So I just thought I, I got a kick out of that. So Christian Walker has the ability, if he just hits what he's expected to, he'll be tied for third all time. What a season. He's a great defensive first baseman, and he's actually on the contract for the next two years, arbitration-wise. So they'll and it's not gonna cost probably six, seven million this this coming year, and then maybe you know twelve million after that. Probably gonna pay him somewhere around eighteen to twenty million over the next two years to have him. I think that is a pretty good deal. There is another quarterback that signed a massive contract in the NFL. We'll talk about that next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All right, Kyla Murray's been passed. I think this is uh, this is a Vince Murata song, isn't it? Doesn't he love that song? The Cure, the Friday Cure. I'm in Love. Friday I'm in Love. That's it's a good a, song in general. That's a Vince Murata song, I think. Friday. Right up his alley, that 80s new wave. Friday I'm in Love. Interesting choice for a Thursday. Yes, that is. It's, it's a thir- <laughs> Any songs about Thursday that we know about? Well, they say Thursday in the song, if that helps. Thursday. Is it Thursday I'm in love? It's a bit of a reach there, Mitchy Mitch. Yeah, I don't know. Mitch, you would know. You're the band guy. The hell do I know? Mitch Palooza. Yeah. <laughs> Told my wife when I, re- when I retire, I want to go to see a lot of concerts. And then she's like, yeah, but only problem is like, well, the people you listen to will be dead by then. But like, ouch. Wow, that really, that really sucks. Because <laughs> I saw America and they're like old as dirt. No, she's cold. She's cold. cold as ice. She'll watch the '80s movies with you, but she draws the line. No, she hates the '80s movies. She, she hate like I thought you dragged her in. I dragged her in so many, and she hates. She so now she, she hated watch. the Breakfast Club. She hated what's the one with the boombox? What's the, what was that one called? Say anything. Say anything. Hated. Say anything. Hated the Breakfast Club. Like hated the Breakfast. What about Sixteen Candles? Yeah, just okay on that. Okay. Oh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hated no. it. Hated no. it. No. Absolutely hated it. Chelsea. Yeah. Couldn't stand the movie. Come on. All of those movies that I loved, she's like, these movies suck. My kids love Ferris Bueller. She hated it. She thought it was stupid. Um, She did like Alien with Sigourney Weaver. That's about all I got. I showed a closing countess of the third kind because I loved that. She goes, really? Seriously? That that one has not aged well. Show her first blood. First blood. Yeah. She, uh, she just. <laughs> and then the other thing is she's like, I honestly don't know how you people got through the 70s listening to this music. It's such crap. And I'm like, oh, my God, the 70s is the best music. That's yeah, the best band. The best music was the 70s. And she just trashes on 70s music. Hates it. Like, every time it comes on, Nicole, like, I can't believe that this era of music existed. It was so bad. So bad. Like You, just, you had the best bands in the 70s. The 70s was great. It was great music. And she's like, she honestly, she rips the 70s music more than she rips anything that I like. She can't stand that music. 
When we first dating, she pretended she liked it, but she really didn't. Ah, the old bait and switch. Exactly. She suckered me in is what she did. She oh, suckered lo- me oh in. Oh, my God, I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that Peter, Paul, and Mary song, oh, wow, leaving on a jet plane. Oh, my God, that's Do you so know crazy. John John Denver actually wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> she, would, I, she would always bag about, like, she like Harper Country Music is real. She's like, yeah, I like Tim McGraw. I'm like, he grew up in New York and Philly. Like, John Denver was real. John Denver was real country. <laughs> Tim McGraw grew up in Shea Stadium and in Philadelphia with his dad. Come on. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about this new deal. The latest quarterback to sign a new contract is Mitch's Denver Broncos because Russell Wilson is signed until he is 40 years old. He's going to turn 34 in November. He's on the contract for the next eight years. He agreed late last night to a five-year, $245 million contract extension. And now they have him under contract uh, until he is 40 years old. He's going to turn 40 during the final year of the deal. Uh, They gave up three players and six draft picks to get him. And now they lock him up all time. In the process, he does move ahead of Kyler Murray when it comes to the average per year on the deal. So he is now second replacing Kyler Murray. Behind Aaron Rodgers, what, just over $50 million a year. Hey, listen, credit to the Broncos. Right? I mean, this, this team now, they've done it again. Now, they didn't have Peyton Manning for a long time, but they had him long enough to go to a couple of Super Bowls. They, they fall ass backwards, as they say, into quarterbacks here. I mean, things look bleak in Denver. Bleak. They, they had their heart set on Aaron Rodgers, even made a coaching hire to try to lure Rodgers from Green Bay to Denver. Bronco fans were distraught when that didn't happen. Right. And they, they, they pull Russell Wilson out of their you-know-what, and suddenly Russell Wilson's there. And Wilson, listen, I'm not sure he's going to play till he's 40, but he's got a few good years left. Why not? Hard to, Smart hard to, quarterbacks play till they're 40. Hard to figure in Seattle the, the choice between coach and quarterback, given Pete Carroll's age, that they decide, we're, we're, we're good with Carroll. Russell, you 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 go. I know. I don't. I don't quite. It, it, it's a lot easier to get rid find, of the coach. And find a coach than so a quarterback hard to get. in this. Yeah, league. let's see the next time the Seattle has a great quarterback. I don't, I don't, let's I, see the I next time they have that. a great one. Who was the Who was the best Seattle quarterback before Russell Wilson? I mean, well, really, honestly, what was it Jim Zorn, Dave Craig? Go all the years of Seattle football. I mean, fair question for Seattle fans: Who was the best Seattle quarterback before they got Russell Wilson? I mean, Dave Craig. Because he was, play- was okay, Dave Craig. Because he played so ridiculously long. Yeah, but he was actually just okay. had good numbers, but he wasn't great. Jim Zorn, but Jim Zorn was in the seventies. Dave Craig was in again. the early eighties. He doesn't like him either. No, anything <laughs> in the seventies. Uh, hates my music. I, I mean, I'm trying to even remember who in the heck played quarterback for the Seahawks. Oh, I got you. Rick I mean, Myra. Rick Meyer was the second overall pick in the draft. In Hasselbeck? 93. Matt Hass- Actually, Matt Hasselbeck was pretty good. He wasn't that good. He took him to a Super okay. Bowl. Took him to a Super Bowl. Kittner? John Kittner? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, well, they did, who, was the la- who was the best quarterback Seattle ever had before Russell Wilson? It's got to be Jim Zorn. It's got to be Zorn. Hasselbeck took him to a Super Bowl. 
I mean, I mean okay, there has Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. I, know, I mean, Rex Grossman took a team to a Super Bowl. I mean, I can <laughs> yeah. get, we could go on and on with this. Yeah, but Hasselbeck actually was a factor in that court. It was well, whatever. We could we could debate that at a later at a later time. Hasselbeck was okay though. Was he better than Jim Zorn? I I, I don't know. <laughs> It's tough for me to remember Jim Zorn at this particular time. Do you not time. remember Jim Zorn? No, I, I remember him, but like... And Largent? Trying to... And trying Kurt to, Warner, the running back? Yeah, of course. Kurt with a C. Mm, Kenny, yeah. Kenny Easley at safety? Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, the, the point is, it's hard to get a great quarterback. If you have one, Like, why would you let a guy go? How is How do they let Russell Wilson go? Now, Denver's got... Now, you look at Denver... I mean, look at the guys that they were running through. Trevor Simeon and Case Keenum and Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Flacco. With, like, you know, think about a quarterback. Like, they haven't had a good quarterback. It's been brutal. Brock Osweiler. Think about all the quarterbacks that they've had that did not work out after, they, you know, like after Peyton Manning. They drafted Paxton Lynch to be their quarterback of the future. That right. didn't work out. And then they went through just a, a, a litany of names who were just bad or bust or I mean Teddy Bridgewater wasn't bad but it's just not the answer and then you like again like I said you pulled Russell Wilson out of your you know what and now you sign him to this long extension and you are set at the quarterback position as long as Russell Wilson is you know healthy and young enough to play gives you a chance in a tough AFC West with Justin Herbert and with Patrick Mahomes and with Carr like like not having a quarterback in that division is a recipe for disaster. Wilson. If you don't have one, you're not going to go anywhere or win anything because that division is loaded. I mean, every game in that division, you could lose because of how good the quarterbacks are on the opposing team. And if you're wondering, Wilson says he wants to play for 10 to 12 more years. I mean, 10 to 12 more years. And that's like Tom Brady territory. And he's making $40 million a year. Right. But it, listen, I, I, Tom Brady is essentially, hasn't he changed the metrics on that? I mean, because now every time a quarterback says that, you say, well, if Brady can play until he's 45 years old, then why couldn't another guy play until he's before, 42? Be- before Brady, it was like, do you remember Steve DeBerg? <laughs> At like forty two with the Falcons, <laughs> playing East, but he stunk. Like he wasn't any good. Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. <laughs> um, Antonio Hamilton. All the information is out. We reported a lot of it earlier today on Antonio Hamilton and the burns and the kitchen and the hot oil, and he is going to be out for at least four weeks. We'll talk about that next on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station.